episode of the final sip i am here with i promise you guys this time i have someone to talk with so you don't have to just hear me the full time um but yes i have one of my best friends here nikki which i'm so happy for you to be here Hello. um we will get into her in just a second but i wanted to recap from last week's episode i know i gave you guys like a little trivia question at the end with that song um how bizarre so <laughs> I got a couple DMs and majority of them are right. And I was very, very surprised um, that a lot of people got that. But if you didn't get it and you didn't DM me, shame on you. Um, but the movie that I was talking about was The Parent Trap. And it was our ultimate villain from when we were young kids, Meredith Blake, who we all hated because she was horrible. <laughs> Do you remember her? Yeah, the mom, the, the stepmom. Yeah, like she was trying to be the stepmom. Yeah, I thought she was horrible, but she was so beautiful. I know. It was like, <laughs> I forget what they used to say. Like she was an ice woman or something like that. But um, I had just watched that movie maybe like three weeks ago at a friend's house. And he was just like, we could watch it. And we had like mimosas earlier. And I'm like, this is so weird that we're watching this as adults. But. I just wanted to share it with you guys because I heard it pop up on my Spotify. So. Wait, I have a question. I uh -huh. ask my sister this all the time. Would you rather watch a new movie that you think is going to be good? You know, it has good reviews. You've heard good things about it. Or like a timeless classic that you know you love, mm. warms the heart. Which one do you prefer? Hmm. I probably would watch the classic one because I'm not like a movie person. Like I've, I've met like years without watching any movies and it's not an accomplishment, but it's just, I just wasn't into it. Like a TV show keeps my attention, but yeah, definitely an old movie like Bridesmaids or Wedding Crashers or Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon. Yeah. Any of those. What no, about you? I'm the exact same. Okay. Like I would rather, what was it the other day? Um, I still haven't watched it because I can't find it. I think it's on Hulu. Uh, the First Wives Club. Have you ever heard of that movie? Is that with the lady like the gray hair with the glasses? And it's Diane like, Keaton. Okay. And yeah, it's yeah. got Goldie Hawn and Bette Midler. I feel like I've only watched half of that. I need to watch. Oh, that it's though. good. But like a lot of the movies from the 90s that I grew up on, if I'm like sick or I don't feel good, put in an old classic and there's mm. nothing that like kind of hits the spot mm -hmm. you know it's just it's like the old blanket that fits like just or the oh. sweater that fits just right and you're just like oh this movie's so good agreed agreed that was a good one mm -hmm. and you know i just realized that we hadn't thought of the question of this podcast so <laughs> that will either be it or if we think of something else uh we'll we'll move on to that but uh today's vibe and drink of the day is a rosé that nikki brought rosé it's a menage trois um, I can't remember. You can get that at Kroger, Publix, mm -hmm. all the things. It's like, I don't even know how much it costs. But yeah, shout out to uh, Katie Harness Davis. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Katie you. Harness Davis. Thank you, Katie, for the birthday wine. Yes, thank you. Anyway, so yeah, we're, we're having a little drink of that. We are back at the dining room table um, on this nice Wednesday afternoon. Um, we're just excited to be with you guys, and I'm excited to have Nikki here. Um, I've known Nikki for, oof, I don't know, like since. 2008 no wait yeah do you count when we first met or like when we really first met okay maybe like when we like really first met. yeah 
that was we met one time in high school because uh-huh. we're both from the same area mm-hmm. um just through a mutual group of fan- friends but then we like got to know each other and started hanging out mm-hmm. our sophomore year yeah when i college there yeah so TUD. 19 yeah 19 years old and we are now 25 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're in our 30s now obviously um nikki how old are you over there 31 31 she just turned 31 so she has a feeling better than ever yes yeah, she, <laughs> she has a little uh i have a little age on her but not much not much um but yeah so i've known her for so long she is a bright spirit really fun to be around i think a lot of people would consider her a beacon of the community what? <laughs> Just I'm just joking, but you know, all all in all, um, a godly woman, just someone that you can always count on, and that will really listen to you, and also give you constructive criticism if you need it. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to Miss Nikki Thicken. Oh, thank you, thank you, Bunny. All right, um, so I guess to kind of start us off, and then we will dive into the topic of today's episode, but um, I guess, Nikki, kind of just catch up the audience on you, and um, yeah, what kind of work do you do, family life, pets, okay. all the things. Well, before we get started, I did okay. want to say, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just, you know, it's cool when you see somebody go through so many different seasons, and like I said, we we've known each other for you know, over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I just love seeing people like follow their dreams and do things that they want to do. And like, I'm here for it. Like I'm support, you know, very supportive. I'm proud of you. And oh, I appreciate good that. Good job. Good thank job, you. bunny. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So like she said, my name's Nikki. Um, I'm from Huntsville, just like Kyle. Well, Kyle's not from Huntsville, but living in Huntsville currently. Um, I'm married. Ooh. Got married. I know. Off the market. <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, I got married in 2016, and uh, I love my handsome husband. He's like a like a Tim Tebow uh, you know, lookalike. I'll, I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. I know you're listening. He, um, yeah, people say he looks like a mix between uh, Tim Tebow and Tom Hardy. And I totally, I if you met him, you could see it. And he's just... He's the best. I love Caleb, and um, we've been married. We'll be married five years coming up in September. So, you know, now we're experts. So right. We exactly. know. <laughs> exactly. We'll have them both on for when we do, like, a little marriage-type podcast, how to keep it spicy, yeah. you know, dating while you're married, <laughs> that type of thing. Not dating someone else while you're married, but, like, dating in your marriage kind of That's thing. That's good. Um, so I, I met Kyle at UAB, went to school at UAB, uh, and then – in 2011, I moved back home and finished college at UAH. So I've been here ever since, and um, I'm in the uh, defense contractor industry. I'm not, you know, a contractor per se, but I work in the marketing department for one of our local defense contracting agencies here in town. And I have an amazing job. I work on an amazing team. I have a great boss. And this year, you know, we've really leaned into teleworking, and I'm soaking up every minute minute right. of it i didn't realize my sister tells me all the time that uh the pandemic has really allowed me to bring out my inner introvert mm, and i'm mm. like basking in it right now yeah it's hard it's hard to get back out there so uh, that's a little bit about me um enneagrams when you guys talked about that before oh, yeah, yeah. enneagram nine kyle and i did a small group uh 
last year. Yeah. Um, studying okay. Enneagrams. So I'm an Enneagram nine, which is called the Peacemaker. We need to have your sister on and do like a Enneagram like type a thing. deep dive. Yeah. I really need to get another mic, y'all, too. I only have two. And yeah, I'm going to have to figure that out. I have too many people I want on here at once. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. that would be fun. Um, so Enneagram nine and um, yeah, I. Your fur babies. Yeah, I have two fur babies. And I love them dearly. <laughs> yes, they. Uh, I have a sign on my front door that says, "I hope you like like dogs," because yeah. they are, <laughs> they are all up in your bubble when you come to greet us. But they're cute. Um, yeah, the dogs definitely make the home. Agree. You know, I have I, you know, when you're talking to Amanda about her family, I have amazing parents, oh, and yeah, I have a sister, who is, it's so weird because she's my younger sister, but she's definitely like. Mm-hmm my hero and role model oh, and nice. sorry Avery I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I'm just kidding she is she is wow yeah the girl's strong she was really nice also her sister uh was a pastry chef well is a pastry chef she's not dead she's still alive um <laughs> she she in her former life right yeah in her former life she man these cakes that she's made for like their mm. family's birthdays or just like potlucks or Super Bowl parties I mean like wow yeah, their next level, yeah. the Oreo one. Wait, you tried it Wait, that's at my birthday. What was the one that she made for that Super Bowl one? That was like a tr- was that the same thing? No, the Oreo one was so good. I was like, this seems like a cake that you'd get from like uh, a bakery <laughs> or like a, the Publix bakery. Like good ass cake. So good like, job, Savannah. Yeah, <laughs> but she made like a trifold thing that one time. It was so good. Yeah, I don't know what was at the Super Bowl party, but it was good. All she. She always wants to try different things, and I always want her to go back to the things I know. I'm yeah. like, you make a bomb cheesecake. There Let me go. get that Oreo cake. And she's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> one thing, um, also, one thing to bring up, Nikki's family is, like, literally the best. They are, like, Aww. the most, like, warm family. Her mom has this, like, infectious laugh, y'all, <laughs> that people at church are like, oh, we know. Found her. <laughs> yep. She's sitting on the front row. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're like fun and spunky too. And just like, you're just like overall welcoming. Like I've never, um, obviously I've never had like a bad interaction, but it always has been like really nice, even when I haven't been around for a while. So I appreciate that part. And then Caleb, I'll go ahead and give him like a little (laughs) shout out for his smoked meat because it was actually really good. Um, yeah, (laughs) but yeah, it was good. Um, but great. So, so today's episode, I know we kind of talked about in the last one with Amanda about dating in your thirties, but today I brought Nikki because, and she was willing to share this, which I thought was really like honorable and really great of her. Cause I feel like this topic doesn't get talked about as m- often, uh, cause either people are scared of offending somebody or just like getting their business out there. And, and there's not a lot of people educated about that. So they're unable to really understand like why or ask the right questions or things like that. But today's topic is going to be on infertility and just kind of all the different steps that, you know, women can take, you know, just I'm going to throw in some stats about it. Um, Nikki is also going through that journey. So she would probably be the best person in actively um, doing it. And she will give us some great news uh, throughout the meat of this podcast. But um, that's going to be kind of like the main portion of today. So to kind of start it off, I went ahead and I looked up some stats on the interwebs. So again, I am <laughs> I am not a doctor or someone that can really give you this information. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, but I did try to do my due diligence by looking at at least three websites. Um, so, okay, so I'm just going to throw out a couple. 
So one in eight couples have trouble getting pregnant. That's pretty, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, solid and self-explanatory there. Um, obviously, we kind of have already known about, like, fertility for women sometimes starts to decline at 35. I've, I mean, I went to my gynecologist recently, and, and, I mean, she didn't have her child until 35. But mm-hmm. then she also knew people that were 40. You see celebrities out there. Granted, we don't know what they're doing outside with all their money and their Behind doctors. Behind the scenes, yeah. yeah. So... Um, that was one thing. Um, also, they say that 90% of infertility issues can be solved by science. So that's going to be like IVF. Um, and Nikki will go into more of those <laughs> more of those topics <laughs> as I am still <laughs> learning as well. And the last one that I have, I won't keep boring you guys with all these stats, but sperm count for men. So not all times is infertility all about the women. There mm-hmm. are some you know, men things that they need to take care of. But um, sperm count, if they have 10 million, and that sounds like so much, but 10 million or less is pretty poor. So if you have 400 million, then you are like <laughs> fertile and, you know, y'all need to wrap it up if you're not <laughs> trying to have be pregnant. So um, those are just some stats for you guys. I also want to just mention that it's very important for all of us women to go to the gyno. Yeah. I know that during COVID, we weren't really able to. So you like pushed it back a year. Now we're in 2021. Um, and so just make sure you guys are going, getting things checked out. Uh, if you're having anything weird, go, just go. Yeah. So or even if you're not having anything weird. Yeah, there you go. Check your insurance. Let this be your reminder. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, just make sure you guys are going out there and staying safe um, as well. So Nikki, I kind of want to just start talking i guess we're going to just dive right into it but kind of what what is has your journey been like and kind of what was the first thing that you did to kind of educate yourself on the process yeah first off thank you for you know opening up this space for (coughs) people to talk about this because i do not feel that it gets talked about enough um so caleb and i got married like i said about five years ago and i've always i mean just as much as I've known that I wanted to get married, I've always known that I wanted to be a mom. I mean, it's just I remember you saying that buried in me. And some women don't feel that way. Yeah. That's not me. This Kay. is like I've always been the one that's like, I volunteered to babysit. <laughs> and if you don't want that baby, I'll take that one and that one. Yeah. Like I'll hold all the babies. So love kids, love the idea of growing a family. And I had such a great family and I've mm-hmm. always wanted to like carry that on. So anyways, um, you know, we kind of had just decided we got married pretty quickly and uh, dating, we were dating, married, dating, engaged and married within a year. But y'all had known each other a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Right, right. right. Through a <laughs> small group, which y'all which only love can be found in a small group. Yes. I met my husband at church. See, I need, so to, I need to remember that. It can happen. Yep. Praise yep. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we... Met in a small group that summer and started dating in September. Got married the next September. So pretty quick. So we knew we wanted some time to just focus on us and just have some some time for us. So we waited a couple years to even start actively trying. And then probably about three years in, we decided, like, let's, let's start really trying. Um, which the first step in that is kind of hard because I feel like when you finally decide to start trying – husbands and guys Mm. it's not you know it it's not necessarily the same sense of not urgency but Mm -hmm. interest Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and I remember those first like 
I don't know, 18, 20 months of like tracking my cycle and following apps and it's telling you when to do it. And I'm like, oh gosh. You're like, you're using me. You're like, yes. no. I never ever wanted Caleb to feel that way. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, there is a window typically that you can get pregnant in. And um, not saying that people don't get pregnant outside that window, mm-hmm. but it's actually a lot more narrow than you might think that it is. Oh. So when we first started trying, I was, you know, tracking ovulation. And then after maybe, you know, six months or so, I started, there's like ovulation strips that you can try. Oh, yeah, I see that. So I started tracking my ovulation. Everything seemed right. Everything seemed normal. About a year into trying, we talked to my doctor and she said, you know, I think everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, everything on our scans look good. Your, all your levels look normal. You know, surely it's going to happen. I think you just have a timing issue. So that was my sense of urgency to Caleb. Like, let's, let's <laughs> pick up the consistency in the uh which i'm like the guys listening on this are probably like man that's that the sounds, best. sounds so nice it's exhausting yeah i can imagine mm-hmm. um you know it's one of those things like when someone tells you you can or can't do something it makes you want to or want to not do it that much more but um so we tried with some you know picking that up a little bit still weren't pregnant six months in caleb got things checked out everything's looking great with him mm-hmm. and then so we're about 18 months in, and they said, we want to put you on this medication, see how uh, your body responds to it. It's supposed to help you um, normalize your ovulation. So as opposed to maybe you ovulating in a 32-day window or 34-day window, it gets you more consistent to that 28 days that you always hear is like the perfect cycle. So they said, we're going to give you three months on this medication, and then... Um, after three months, we'll go ahead and refer you to a fertility specialist, but we don't think you're going to need it. I think you just need to get a little bit more regular. So first month goes around and no pregnancy. Um, and by the way, I'm having all like blood work and stuff drawn to see if I even ovulated during all of this. Mm. Second month goes around and they said, you know, you're not pregnant. And also based on your blood work, you didn't ovulate, which is not mm. typical. That's not good for what they're wanting mm. Um, this medication to do so pretty much it was ineffective Mm. so I was like really you know discouraged yeah um well later on we found out that although I had gotten the call that I didn't ovulate I actually had ovulated and I was indeed Mm. pregnant I remember that which was insane and was just this huge I mean I can't even begin to tell you how elated I was Mm -hmm. never saw that coming you know I can't wait to tell Caleb I wasn't even prepared that day when I took pregnancy tests I just was taking one just to kind of move on and be able to drink and Mm -hmm. you know I was like let's just do this and you know make my mind feel better then I'll move on so when I got the positive pregnancy test I was like completely in shock told Caleb he was elated yeah and um let's see Went in for some blood work later on. They said all my levels looked good. And then maybe a week later, I started having some bleeding. And that's not uncommon when you're pregnant. But um, I would say heavier bleeding is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. So I had some bleeding. Went in. And I just had this gut feeling, Kyle. Like, I just knew something. It wasn't right. And I tried to shake it. So that 
that was on a Monday that I started bleeding and I didn't get to go to the doctor to like confirm anything until like Thursday or Friday. Mm. But I remember like that Thursday, Friday. And I, I remember thinking my body is trying to tell me, mm. which to me was a better way of getting that information than yeah. someone telling me out of the blue. Yeah. It was like my body was trying to communicate with me like, Hey, yeah, something's not right. it's not, yeah, this is, you know, this is maybe not going to look the way that you thought it would. Um, and so it was easier to come to terms with when I finally got a, you know, uh, a word from my doctor that said, look, it looks like you're miscarrying, mm-hmm. you know, and then she tried to normalize it, which it, it is a lot more common. You know, I think a one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage or a pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe it or not, you would think that I would be devastated in which I was. I was disappointed, but I was also encouraged because I'd never gotten pregnant before. Right. And so to me, yeah. I was thinking, this is great news. Like I. I can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I'm not way to see the silver in- lining, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I try to tend to do that. I yeah. think you have to in mm-hmm. situations like this. So, you know, she confirms you're miscarrying. I want to continue to track your blood work, make sure everything's trending in the way it should, which should be trending down. And, um, I was like, okay. But I told my husband, I was like, I'm just, I'm kind of excited and I can't wait to try again. Naturally or with this, trying uh, medication we so. so i thought my understanding was this medication worked for us okay so i was excited we just that's all we needed we needed the medication and now we know how we can get pregnant mm-hmm. so next couple of days roll by and i'm still continuing to have some bleeding and after some blood work they confirmed so when you're pregnant there's a hormone called hcg and your HCG hormone should continue to rise. And in fact, it should double um, in the very early stages of your pregnancy. Mm, okay. So I had an HCG that was pretty low in the beginning. And then as opposed to falling off because of a miscarriage, it continued to rise, which is contradictory of what they thought I was experiencing. But they could not locate when we did an ultrasound, couldn't locate a, a pregnancy in the uterus. So after some time... Um, she concluded that she believed I have what's called pregnancy of an unknown location. They couldn't find where the sac was for this pregnancy. And so she was like, I'm going to just monitor you closely. Um, I think we need to schedule you for a DNC, which is that's where they go in and they scrape the lining of your uterus. Um, what was that like? You was know, it's not, really not actually not that bad. Okay. It's really not that bad. There's only been one procedure in this whole journey that I've had that's been terrible and I'll tell you about it yeah but (laughs) other than that the DNC wasn't bad it is a surgery um when we got out of the DNC she told me your uh the sac and the yolk and stuff was not in the uterus so we've concluded that it's in your fallopian tube so this is called an ectopic pregnancy yeah actually I've heard of that yeah so it just means your your uh sac is not located in in the right place and it's growing in a wrong place. Mm-hmm. So she said, we have some, what are called methotrexate shots. They give them to cancer patients to stop cells from multiplying. Hmm. And so she said, we're going to give you this. And she said, I have only had in my years of practice, only had one other patient that this didn't work for. So you should be fine. We'll give this to you and you should be on your way. She gives me a couple of shots of this methotrexate. I go on week goes by 
And um, I was actually at a small group with my sister and my mom and several other friends kind of telling them about what I'd been through in the last week. And, you know, it was kind of bittersweet and highs and lows and all of that. And in the middle of the small group, I had this immense pain in my stomach, like, but not pain like where you're conscious and like in agony, like pain where you're like want to black out and kind of out of it in pain. Like you're so in pain that you're kind of like. Oh, wow. I yeah. it was more like a gassy. No, 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 no. Well, at first, I did, you know, honestly, <laughs> I didn't know if I needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, that's a really, is that like intestinal cramps? I mm. didn't know what that was. Mm. Um, but I could not stand upright. I was like standing, but like bent over. Oh, like a kid, I was like, when some people have like kidney infections, like it, they like end up like hunched over. Exactly. Like Just that. like that. It's bad. That's Where bad. I couldn't stand upright. Mm-hmm. But when I was walking, my sister and my mom walked me out to the car, and they were like, you got to go to the hospital right now. And I, I remember, like, almost passing out on my sister as wow. she's trying to help me in the car. It was a surreal, like, out-of-body. I was in so much pain, but also numb. I can't explain mm. it. Mm. It's like my brain was trying to, like, shut down. Mm. Long story short, that was election night. That oh, was, so. I'm li- yep. That's why I didn't go to the small group, because mm-hmm. I was probably watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. So election night um, back in November. So we get to the hospital. Caleb comes. He's like, what in the world is <laughs> happening? Um, and they confirmed that I had a rupture from uh, in the fallopian tube from the, the sac continuing to grow, from the, the embryo continuing to grow. And the methotrexate had, in fact, not worked on me. Mm. So I was, you know, patient number two that this hadn't worked on. Mm. Um, lucky me. Right. Defying the odds. I'm like the one in eight that right. can't get pregnant and the one in, you know, however many thousand that this doesn't work on. So, um, anyways, we had to do emergency surgery that night. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I have a great doctor. She came in and performed the surgery at two o'clock in the morning. Then went back to work at like wow. seven o'clock in the morning. Um, but they did have to f- remove my left fallopian tube. So, so what is that? What does that mean? Or I guess you're about to probably tell us. Well, yeah. So, you know, when I got that news, they had done some ultrasounds that night. When I got that news, she said, we've confirmed you've had a rupture in your left fallopian tube and you need to have surgery. And I said, what does that mean? And she goes, we're going to have to remove your fallopian tube. Well, when I first heard that, what I heard was that they were going to remove my ovary as well. (laughs) So I was already discouraged that we were having trouble getting pregnant. And now I'm thinking, you're about to take my bank of... Mm -hmm eggs that I have left so I was devastated I mean that was a that was a hard moment and I was so thankful that Caleb was there um he kept telling me it's going to be okay Mm. so I wake up and um I wasn't in a ton of pain but I got a chance to talk to my doctor and she said look while I was in there I had a chance to actually visualize your other fallopian tube and honestly it doesn't look good either so we were able to kind of conclude during that surgery that this was my issue. My issue is I have like a tubal disease. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the egg and the sperm are supposed to meet in the fallopian tube, and then they travel down to the uterus and implant. Well, my issue is like the egg and the sperm can't meet because it's, it's not a clear path. Okay. So the cool thing that I've learned about all this, you know, infertility stuff is – You'll meet somebody else that's going through infertility or walking through, struggling to get pregnant or grow their family. And 
everybody's cases and situations are so different. Yeah, that's what I was, I was about to ask that. I'm like, because not everyone could definitely be the same. So that's, that's interesting because I've never heard anyone that had, and granted, I don't know very many people that have had to go through this, mm-hmm. um, but um, your situation has been very different from what I've like heard on a podcast or like seen on Instagram, like someone just trying to share it like throughout. Yeah, most people, there are two other conditions that people often refer to and they're endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think uh, Julian Huff is a spokesperson for endometriosis. It's hard to diagnose because you have to have a, like a minor surgery to confirm wow. it. Um, but a, like one in 10 women, I think, suffer with endometriosis. And typically like side effects are really, really terrible, strong period cramps. Mm. Um, so all women think that they have strong period cramps. It's hard to diagnose unless you have a surgery. Right. The other thing that typically happens with infertility is um, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, when women you, have cysts. Wow, you really did some research, Nikki. I, it's not research, <laughs> it's experience. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, like, wow. Okay. Yeah, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, a lot of women have that. So those are two conditions that are often thrown around. Um, I do have endometriosis. I have like a stage two out of stage four, which is really not that bad. So after the surgery, my doctor was pretty much like your other fallopian tube. She's got this crazy bedside manner. She's really great, but she's very blunt. And she was like, look, I removed one of your fallopian tubes. Your other one is pretty much crap. Mm. So um, I wouldn't even recommend you try to get pregnant naturally. If you try again to get pregnant naturally, there's a good chance you'll have another ectopic pregnancy. So um, that was kind of hard to swallow for a little while. And she goes, it's not a big deal. You know, we have modern medicine and you're going to be able to go through IVF. And, you know, I have no no question that it's going to it's it is going to work for you. Yeah. And so, I, you know, in that moment, I was like, you know what, Lord, like, thank you so much for doctors and modern mm-hmm. medicine that have given us this technology. that This is even an option because mm-hmm. had this been 50 years ago. Yeah, you would have been out of luck. Yeah. Having and having a natural um, delivery, a. um biological child would maybe be off the table for us yeah so anyways um a couple of weeks after that we got referred to a fertility specialist here in huntsville um shout out dr harper he's great and i'll put uh, put them on the episode (laughs) so y'all can take a look there's not many in huntsville which is what we've learned but he's really great okay and uh it's actually coincidentally right across the street from kyle's apartment <laughs> oh it is and, you know it's also attached to my dentist like it's what so a small funny. world right so when i'm over there and i'm like <laughs> getting all these ultrasounds and they're looking at my lady bits oh, i'm like yeah. kyle i'm over here <laughs> with my little binoculars so funny um That's so funny. we got referred got a chance to meet with him he kind of said the same thing you know i wouldn't recommend you try to conceive naturally this could happen again he said, before we get started, there is one thing I would like to do, and it's called an HSG test. And uh, it's a dye test where they insert dye through a catheter, and they check to make sure, um, you know, the condition of your fallopian tubes. Does dye go all the way from your uterus mm. through your fallopian tube to your ovary? And uh, this one, I'm telling <laughs> Not you. Not to I, scare everyone, but. Uh, I wasn't. She wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. She, I was not ready. And I'm just like beep bopping along. Do, do, do. Just one more thing. I got to check out the list. And the lady, one of the nurse practitioners that was helping me that morning, she's like, I've had this before. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, it's pretty, pretty awful. 
And I was like, oh, wow. And then the, the doctor that came in, which was not my normal doctor, just a doctor there at the hospital, she said, I've had this before, and uh, it's pretty awful. So they don't give you any type of, like, sedative or, like, are no. you allowed to I have? did take something, but you're not supposed to. Oh, so it's like. Yeah, my mom was like, here, I'm going to give you whatever I can. Or she was um, the one telling me what to find in my closet, <laughs> in my uh, medicine cabinet to, to take what, yeah, something. Yeah, that's why we love our mom. She's like, it's going to be fine. So anyways, um, you know, they insert this catheter and then just push as hard as they can. It's just a dye that would you, it's crazy. That it's that a dye. Oh my gosh. But the way they do it, she just takes a syringe and hit the bottom of it and it just squirts this dye. I thought, I, I can't even explain the pain. Now I will say it did only last for probably about 15 to 25 seconds. Ooh. It was pretty quick, but it was the worst pain. Like a shot. Like yes. Shooting. Like tooth pain when you have like a. Mm. Oh, yeah. That may, may be something. Very like, sharp. Uh-huh. It was terrible. Um, and she, I mean, the doctor was like, I know, I know, I know. It's almost over. It's almost over. She was trying to get pictures of what the dye looked like as it was going through my system. So anyways, after that, we confirmed that uh, actually the, the dye went through my other fallopian tube. Oh, and great. even though it wasn't in great conditions, it wasn't blocked. But. Um, had it been blocked that he wanted to go ahead and remove that second tube too. So we were able to keep that one. Okay, and um, that was back in, that was back in uh, December. So then I have just a quick question. So I know like a lot of times men weren't allowed like to any of the visits. Like was Caleb able to come with you or like, were people able to be there he, with you? He could drop me off, but he couldn't stay. So you were there alone? Mm-hmm. Oh, mercy. Mm-hmm. COVID. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Curse you. Okay. Um, now he was there at the emergency room when I got my fallopian tube removed. Mm-hmm. But no, any of these other elective, not elective, but um, non-emergency type procedures. No. It's so wild. It's so crazy. I know. I, mean, we, we don't need to I think we're getting. It, I think we're getting out of that. Thankfully, because yeah. he's been able to come to some of my other appointments okay. here recently. Good. Gosh, this is a long story. Okay, so anyways, no, I'm almost done. So we um, find out that news. We don't have to have it removed. And they call us and they say, look, we only do IVF. Oh, let me back up. There are other steps that lead up to IVF that you can do that are alternatives and advanced fertility technologies that you can do leading up so you don't have to go to the full, the big um, expense IVF that everybody talks about. Mm. Um, We were not a good candidate for those because of my tubal issue. So there's this procedure called IUI, which is another form of artificial insemination where they use a catheter and um, pretty much put the sperm where it needs to be at the right time. It simulates like a natural conception. Okay. But it's not a surgery. It's pretty quick and painless. Okay. Most people tried that like three or four times. It has a very low success rate. I think it's 10 to 15% of the time it works, which is not great. So because of the issues that I had, they said, let's not, you know, go that route. And mm-hmm. I think we should just recommend going straight to IVF. So in a lot of ways, even though we were having to go for the the bigger, more expensive fix, um, I was excited because we were bypassing a lot of the smaller things that typically don't work. Yeah. So that's yeah. saving a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So they said, look, we only have, uh, we do IVF in quarters and we have a quarter coming up in January and then we'll have one in April but we would like to get you in this January one I know it's short notice but like you got the cash yeah let's go <laughs> like what you waiting on and I was like let's go yeah we had some 
in our hearts we had some like wow this is happening really fast yeah but at the same time it's what we wanted so we were like okay you know god like if you know this is supposed to happen you're gonna make it happen Mm -hmm. so we gear up for ivf we start taking medicine injections the beginning of january and then four days i can't believe this happened four days into all of our protocol um i found out that i had covid mercy i know so like, like really? how many more obstacles can we hit right um hey, it's, and it's... i kept telling my sister i was like if there was ever a time i didn't want to get it it's now mm-hmm. i would take it i would have taken it three times mm-hmm. before then yeah. to, to avoid having it then um so i called the doctor and they were like look you're our first case this has not happened to any of our other patients let's figure out you know if we can still keep you mm-hmm. there's a lot of monitoring that goes on with ivf so you're in and out of the doctor's office couple times a week oh wow so um long story short they said unfortunately we're just gonna have to cancel your cycle this time and we will try again in january and so or in april oh yeah yeah sorry in april April. sorry we were gonna try again in april so i was um you know i had a little pity party for myself for about an evening (laughs) and then i'm just not i'm not that that. way yeah i'm i hate staying there so i was sad i think that's one thing that I've learned that it's okay to be sad. Yes. Um, I never want to play like the victim. I'm not a victim, but I, I was sad, you know, I was bummed out. So anyways, uh, after that, you know, you already know, I (laughs) renovated my kitchen and painted my kitchen cabinets and moved on with life. Yeah. It looks great. Just moved on. So, uh, in April, this past April, we got an opportunity to try again with the IVF procedure, started everything over. And, um, I had a really good piece about it. Like the Lord had just given me this piece in my heart that, you know, things were going to be good. We had, um, my egg retrieval. So education moment. There are two, two big parts to IVF. One being your egg retrieval, which happens first. And then the second part would be an embryo transfer. That's right. I always, I always like butcher that. I feel like <laughs> it's I'm like, okay. insemination? She's no, like, <laughs> insemination. It's, it's what it is. Yeah, you're not far off. Yeah, it's called an embryo transfer. Transfer feels a lot more um, professional. Political to say. Like, not there political, but like uh, comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Scheduled for my transfer. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we had an egg retrieval two days before my 31st birthday. And um, I was wondering if it was going to actually fall on my birthday. And we had really great, successful results from that. Yay! Um, we're so happy. Yes. Can you tell us how many you got? Or is that, a, is yeah, that too personal? It's not personal. Um, what I've learned with, which I don't mind saying, um, what I've learned with that, though, is in this, in this environment and in this community, mm-hmm. I feel like so many women get hung up on that number, and it can mm. be a source of, like, comparison. Yeah. And so... Um, which, I mean, when do women not compare each right. other? Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's so hard, but I could totally understand. It's pretty normal, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – I had a conversation with myself, and I was like, look, I just never want to be the source of somebody else's, like, not pain, but mm-hmm. um, uh, comparison or jealousy. So, yeah, we ended up um, with 17 embryos, which Dang. is an insane, insane amount. Embryos, because what what 
I guess what does the average person get? Or I would say like typical. I would say like typical and like a good number. And again, it depends upon. My doctor always uses the term family goals. What are your family goals? <laughs> Seven. Uh, You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think he's used to hearing like, I want two kids or I want three kids or I want one. one. So uh, I think a good number, and again, not for anybody to compare, but I think a good healthy number would be anywhere from you know, four mm. to 10, mm. I think would be typical or would be really good. Yeah. Um, Cause didn't, I know we had kind of spoken about this when, when you got the news about it, like him asking maybe a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation to you. To you. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So when they first woke me up from surgery, I was really eager. They kept telling me leading up to the procedure that um, I had a lot of eggs. They could tell that by ultrasounds, and um, they were stimulating me. So these these follicles are growing, and in a follicle is typically an egg. So they were saying, you got a lot of follicles, and we know you're going to have a high number. And I was like, okay. So when they woke me up, um, Caleb was in the lobby. He wasn't allowed to be back in the doctor's office with me, but – I said, oh, my gosh, can I find out how many I have? And they were like, yeah, Dr. Harper's going to tell you. So they wheel me back in this room. I might have walked, actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I get back in this room. Because you were put to sleep during the yes, procedure, Yeah, right? you're, it's it, a surgery, it's yeah. Like, okay. Um, so anyways, yeah, under anesthesia, all that. So I get back. I'm still, like, out of anesthesia, maybe five minutes, maybe. <laughs> and the doctor was like, look, we got 37 eggs retrieved. I First off, the number is just so insane. Like, it's just... Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Typical would be maybe 20 um, or 18. So, 37 was a lot, um, which, praise God. Like I, I know. There you, you know, go, so Nikki. Really. And uh, the doctor was like, look, I this is the second highest number I've ever retrieved. And I don't know exactly what your family goals are. And I was like, well, you know, me and my husband, we actually really would love to have a big family. And he goes, Okay. Um, and he was alluding to if I was interested in donating my eggs. Um, so they have to they have to know that information then because as soon as I leave, they're going to start trying to make embryos, which is where they combine the sperm and the egg. Mm. So he wanted to know before they're fertilized, can I take some of your eggs and can we donate them? And, uh, you know, that was a really – I wasn't ready for that, being yeah. right out of anesthesia. Yeah. Um, really, especially if your husband wasn't there. Yeah, like I did. It. I was a little disappointed in my doctor for asking that. Like, I did ask him, you know, can you know, can I ask Caleb? And he's like, well, you can't come back here. You know, it's it's fine. And he's trying to make it like it's mm. fine. It's not a big deal. But I do kind of wish we would have had some discussions about that beforehand. Yeah. Like, or like he if you, told you that if you option. get over 30 yeah. or if you get over 25. Egg donation is a great option if mm-hmm. you want to consider it. Um, okay. And there will be later times for us to consider if we want to do like an embryo adoption is what they call it. Mm. Um, but we're still trying to figure that out. So out of those 37, we ended up with 17 healthy, beautiful embryos sitting on ice wow. waiting for us. Like and, okay, so here's the weird thing I keep thinking about. Like part of me wishes I could just like see them all grow up and I want to see what they all look like. Mm. Do they look like siblings? Do they all look different? Do mm. they like, are, th- is there like a common 
feature that continues to show up in all of our offspring. Wow. You know, it's it's going to be one thing when one day we have like four or five kids and I can see them all, but I want to know what all 17 of them look yeah. like. So we're sitting right now at 17. And so what what's kind of like the next step? They're tentatively set for like three three weeks from now. So that would give you an October October. Wait, what? what? I'm horrible at math. Wait, what is it? Wait, it would be wait. like beginning of March. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. October. That's like right around the corner, Kyle. Come on, get it together. <laughs> um, okay, a March. So the shortest pregnancy in all yeah, of yeah. mankind. I mean, you already defeated the odds. I know, that's right. Only one. Like here. So, okay, well, that's very exciting. That's where I'm at. That was a long story. I'm so sorry. No, I think I that was really good. I don't know how to make that. I'm sure I could have made it more brief, but. No, I mean, I think it was really informative, too, because, I mean, I know you had, we had been talking about it anyways, but I feel like a lot of people that maybe have never gone through that or just maybe they have friends that they can also educate on it. I think that was really good and thorough. So I appreciate that. I don't think I would have been able to uh, <laughs> remember all the phrases, but I mean, it is something really important. So, I mean, I get that that, that has been kind of like a, not a consume of your life, but like a big Yeah, it's kind of the just season. Yeah, it's the, the season, season. The season mm-hmm. we're in right now. Yeah, I try. I, I think I told you this when we were you know, not recording, but I really, as much as I support this community and like want to be here for it, like yeah. I just don't want this to be my whole identity. Yeah. I yeah. feel like when we let things become our identity, like they become bigger than they need to be. Uh huh. And I know we had like multiple other topics to talk about about yeah. this. And I was like, I know we kind of like talked about it. Like, yeah, we could talk about the other three that we had for today, but it's like really you could speak to it in a different way mm-hmm. um but well yeah. and i don't i don't think that it is talked about or like normalized mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of like, like fear guilt, and judgment shame yeah um a level of like not embarrassment but you feel like you're letting people down or disappointing mm. them or a failure mm-hmm. um so i'm glad to talk about it yeah. um but yeah so i guess i had a couple questions just on that like going through all of this and like the ups and the downs like how do you how do you how do you cope with it all and then like what do you lean on I guess for yourself or with your family like what what is that yeah honestly like first and foremost so I'm a person of faith you know we've kind of talked about that and if I didn't know that like God was in control of this Mm -hmm. and he's going to take care of me Mm -hmm. I think I would be in a worse place than I am yeah um, but I know like, he's, he's got good things in store for me and he has a bright future for me. And I genuinely believe that in my heart, there are days where it's not that I question his goodness or question his, um, plan for my life, but there are days that I'm just sad. Yeah. And the next day I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think it's, you have to be okay knowing that you're going to have those moments, but not staying there. Mm-hmm. Like, let it be a moment and then let's you know, let's move on and, and get in our hearts, like God's word and trusting in him and his process and his plan. Yeah. Cause I don't think he ever promised to us that everything would be like peaches and cream, right? but to always like lean into him and just give your, not your sorrows, but like give your, um, burdens yeah, yeah. Like to him and know that he will take care of you. It's just, it's not always going to be like the best thing all the time. Right. Right. So. Yeah. We're still going to experience those. And then I'll, I'll say this too. I think a, 
and this kind of ties into my faith. I think the other thing that's important to remember is to keep things in perspective. Mm. And I have to remember that there are people, you know, as hard as, uh, you know, I feel like I have it, there are people that would wish to be in my, my situation or my shoes. Yeah. Which is hard to believe because you're like, you know, I'm sure people don't want to wish that they're struggling with infertility, but I know there are people that wish that they got 17 embryos. Yeah. Um, and so I think having that perspective also, it's not hard for me to have a good perspective. When I look around, I have right now a friend that's in the middle of an adoption and she's living in a third world country. Right. And she's been there for over two years. Yeah. And I have a sister who lost her husband Mm -hmm. and the love of her life at, you know, 24 years old. And so when you look at things like that, and it's not just them, you know, it's other people too. It's not sometimes we just get so self-absorbed about things that are happening in our own lives. And you're like, you know what? And I think if you let other people um, encourage you, if Mm. you just open your eyes and see what other people are doing in the world and how they're still continuing to, to show up for other people and, and press in and move it, that can be really encouraging. And Mm -hmm. so I have to constantly like look to other people and be like, wow, she's a source of my faith. And she, she's encouraging my faith Mm -hmm. by how she's living her life. Yeah. And, um, I'm actually like very blessed and I'm very, you know, fortunate to be in the life and the situation and the circumstances that I'm in. Yeah. And that's like a very mature thing too, that you could be as old as you are and you still don't have that type of mindset. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I just keeping a healthy perspective and realizing like someone out there is praying for what you yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wish. Yeah. Wish. Yeah. Pray. Wishing whatever. Yeah. What you have. Yeah. They, they want someone out there uh-huh. wants what you have. Uh-huh. So practicing like it's gratitude. Yeah. It's hard to do that. And honestly, you know, in not to flaunt this at all, but mm-hmm. like I have an amazing husband mm-hmm. and I have, a great home and I have a great family and just even, and I have a great job. Like support group. Yeah. I feel very um, secure in my relationships. Even though it's just like three or four or five things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people out there that don't have those things. So even though we haven't, I don't have a baby in my hands. I don't even, ha- I'm not pregnant right now. So I don't know what the end of our story, there's a chance that it doesn't work out for us, but I, you know, I just refuse to like, I'm doing the best that I can with the circumstances and the hand that I've been dealt yeah. and I'm making the most of it. And I feel like that's where we should be because mm-hmm. trying to dwell on what isn't or what didn't happen or what's not um, to me only leads to like a heavy heart. One question that I had for you. I'm really enjoying this by the way. The wine or the, the conversation? The conversation. <laughs> oh, good. I feel like we do this organically. Yeah. Nikki and I, like we will be like, last minute and y'all and I, I hopefully i'm not offending any of my other friend oh, that's oh okay yeah, yeah um yeah just let the wine go um <laughs> there was like a little the last couple of drops do you want this <laughs> i was like uh, it's okay so considerate <laughs> um but a lot of times like we will just like go and have like a beer or, like wine champagne on tap somewhere and like the conversations that like flow out are just like just like this i feel like and i mm-hmm. think they're, I feel they're like meaningful. this is a conversation we've had before. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're meaningful. Some are, like, frivolous, of course. Like, we're just, like, talking about getting lips done or Botox or... Yeah, girl. <laughs> booty shots. I'm just kidding. We're not getting booty shots. Um, <laughs> both of us have enough in the in the trunk for that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying this, too. And I, and I hope you guys are, too, and you guys are getting something out of this. And I'd love to hear if any of you guys ever 
want to DM me. I know I said on the last one that I was going to try to work on that voice voice uh, message thing that you guys could do. And I will work on that for next episode. I promise. Um, one question I had for you, and this is kind of like a, it may make other people uncomfortable. I don't know. But like, has there ever been a time during this whole process that you your friends around you or people that you've known that have maybe just gotten pregnant so easily and were like maybe so stressed about that circumstance and kind of like how did that make you feel and or did it make you feel any type of way at all yeah so okay when you asked the question you said has there ever been a time yes there has been a time but honestly in general no I, I if I'm gonna answer that question honestly in my heart the way I see it like I didn't want their baby you know when people would announce you know they got pregnant so easily or first time or whatever I was really excited for them. Mm -hmm. I think because I always thought, like, I want them to be really excited for me. Mm. And it wasn't that, I, I wasn't that conscious about it. It was just me being genuinely excited for my friends. Yeah. Um, and then later on, I would be like, yeah, that's how I want to react. Because one day, that's going to be me. And I mm -hmm. want them to be just as excited for me. Because mm -hmm. um, it's something worth celebrating. Yeah. Especially. It's a blessing. Honestly. Right. Right. And if you know how much goes into making a baby, like, it's a miracle. Yeah. So, in general, no. That has never bothered me. Um, I have some close friends that it happened really quickly for them. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome. Yeah. Like, I can't. Sometimes I just want to, like, grab them and just ask them, like, do you understand, like, how amazing that is? Not in a jealous way, just, like, in a, in a like, I can't believe that happened mm -hmm. so quickly. That's awesome. I know a, a lot of people that probably have the opposite reaction, but that is good that, I mean, I think like kind of like we were talking about before, like we never want to be the, the victim of the mm -hmm. situation. Like, yeah, everyone is valid for their emotions. So yeah. you're valid for how you felt in that moment, but the mature thing and the, the good thing about your personality and you as a person, it's like, all right. Yeah. Talk to people that you trust mm -hmm. to vent about this thing and then move on. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Yeah. My sister and I always say, um, you're like in this moment, but you're not going to land there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I we like always that. remind ourselves you're not going to land there. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So I guess kind of to wrap everything up and then I'll try to think of a question to ask or we may just leave the question with the whole movie situation. Um, but what is like the most thing that you're looking forward to in motherhood? You, you didn't tell me you were going to ask that. I know, that was like the one question I didn't ask. And another one you know what it's going to be. Let's start with this. What do you think Caleb is most excited about by being a dad? And then we could go to you because it would probably evolve. Um, I don't harder. know that he knows this about himself. But he's really good at, like, making like, – we talked earlier about, like, how he makes sure things are done, like, the right way. He puts a lot of effort into things. And I really, mm -hmm. you know, that could be for someone that's pretty like laid back and kind yeah. of go with the flow and not maybe as organized as I should be. Um, I do appreciate the balance that he brings to our relationship and making sure like, hey, we're, we're going to try our best in this and mm -hmm. we're going to give our full effort. You know, when we do the laundry, we're going to do the laundry. I mean, right. I see how the man mows the lawn. <laughs> so, I mean, that thing is pristine. So <laughs> he puts a lot of effort. And so I think he's going to give that to our children like Aww. I think he's going to be a very um involved participating type parent and I'm really excited to see him grow into that I will say 
I feel like for the first maybe like five, maybe like three years, three to four years of our kids' lives, like that's going to be my sweet spot. I mm. love little babies and I love toddlers and I love that age. But he's going to love like let's go to T-ball and I'm going to show you like how to play catch and um, – Oh my gosh! Like he learn is. Learn how to balance your. They are gonna be the ones like I'm done playing, and he's be like, let's hit, let's hit three more, you know. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that, and I can't wait. Like one day, I hope to be able to listen back to this and be like, wow, you're in that season right Man, now. And I hate that you don't have social media because, like, where are you gonna post all these adorable photos? Oh, there are there are avenues to do that. Okay. So apparently, there's this app that you can download like albums and you can invite people to view the album Mm. so you can be on our family album if you want to you know it doesn't give you notifications but if you want to go in and look at it you can see what the thickens are up to so yeah yeah. because you have like a billion photos on your phone (laughs) like i do like so many i'll say um the thing that i think i'm looking to forward to most about motherhood is there haven't there hasn't been like many things in life that I feel like I was made to do. Mm. You know, some people are like born to be a lawyer or they're born to be a doctor or they were born to be even like born to be a wife. I feel like I was born to be a mom. I can't explain it. It's just one of those things that nurturing side of me, the um, ability to handle like chaos. I feel like I can, I can do that. I can do. Oh, I think I'm so gonna be. Sweet. I think I'm gonna be good at it. We'll see. I can see that. We'll talk to Easy. me five years from now, and right. we'll see how it's going. She's like Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, baby, I'm failing. <laughs> yes. No. no, it's gonna. You know, I'm sure there are gonna be moments, but I'm also. I'll say one thing I'm excited about, which might sound a little vain, but no, I hope it I doesn't. Love it. I can't wait to see what our kids are gonna look like. Yeah. I just want to see them, mm-hmm. and it's so wild to think like one day I'm going to know this person so well. I'm going to know them inside, outside, backwards. And I'm going to love them and my heart's going to want to explode for them. But I don't know them yet. That is the weirdest feeling ever. It's just being like, I'm going to love this person so much and they are going to like wreck my world in the best way. Uh But I don't know them yet. And same for like meeting someone like, Mm You're going to know someone one day and you're going to be so crazy about them, but you don't know them yet. Mm-hmm. That is the coolest, yeah. weirdest. It's just a cool feeling. Yeah. Because it's so crazy. Like, I know you talked to your mom a lot. I, I literally, I think I've called my mom four times today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> the last call I made, I was like, I know I'm calling too much. And some, some, some weeks I go That's like, so cute. some weeks I go like maybe only talking like one time a week. And then there's some weeks where I go, so many times, like last night, we were on the phone from six to eleven thirty, all night, and I'm like, I never want to talk on the phone to anybody, but like I always want to talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like really, it's cool to have someone like that. And I, we weren't like that as as when I was younger. And obviously, you're gonna go through that stage of like, they they're not that close, and then they're gonna different be, seasons. Yeah, super close to you. And I I just really enjoyed the the season I guess that I'm in with my mom at this point and I want that at some point <laughs> well guys I think our question of the day will probably just end up being that movie question because I yeah. think that's a good one uh, yeah would easy. you yeah would you rather I mean come on people like wouldn't you rather curl up in a ball and watch home alone oh, or man. watch uncle buck is like one of my i'm talking about that era oh, i don't know ta- like okay. yeah, like yeah, yeah. early 90s maybe late 80s early 90s type movies they just 
were so good. Mm-hmm. There's and they like hit a spot in my heart that makes me Homeward Bound. Uh, I watched Homeward sassy. Bound the other day. <laughs> I watched Homeward Bound the other day, like with tears like streaming down yeah. my face, and I was like, "This is such a good movie." Mm-hmm. Caleb's like, "What's happening to you?" And I'm like. <laughs> Hands down, any day of the week, I would rather watch an old classic versus a new movie. Yeah. There's a reason probably why people watch the same Christmas movies every oh, exactly. Christmas. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's a re- really grid, great, all a great example. Yeah. So. so, yeah, we want to know, which which side of the fence do you fall on? Yeah, please DM me. I will get that voice message thing working so you can respond directly on the any app that you're on listening to this um but again guys i'm so happy that you're here please go ahead if you guys want to know when i drop a podcast it should be every tuesday around seven o'clock but you can always subscribe so it just pops up you don't have to remember you can just listen to it on your way to work um if you would like to leave a review that would be awesome as well Uh, i'm not ashamed to ask for reviews um (laughs) And then obviously, all in all, I just appreciate you guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your freaking week. And we will talk next week, y'all. Bye. Thank you, Nikki. Later.